Alrighty. If you'd like to grab a hold of your handouts there, we'll read a little bit from Matthew 4.12 through 17. And the rest of our study tonight will be from the handout. Uh, I've got plenty of scripture in there for us to read and to look at in, in depth. The Gospel according to Matthew, part 11, we begin in verse 12 of Matthew 4. Matthew 4, verse 12. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Nebulim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. I thought that was interesting how uh, the Lord put phrase that. Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, if you'd like to take your handouts and follow along. The Lord had been baptized, fulfilling righteousness, as it is stated in verse 15 of chapter 3. He was tempted as we, yet without sin. That's chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And now, he begins his ministry. Now, I want to stop there for a moment, because I didn't put this in the handout. Notice when the Lord started his ministry. Immediately following the time that he found out John was in prison. John's work was done. As a mortal man, his work on this earth was done, and it was time for him to go home. Uh, Herod was going to take, uh, take his life, cut his head off, and the Lord knew what was going to happen. He had purposed all that happened to, to John the Baptist. So here... John the Baptist, his work as, as a messenger of God was done, and the Lord steps in next and takes over being the messenger himself. He begins his ministry, as it says there in verse 17. So continuing on in our handout, shining the, uh, he begins his ministry, shining the light of himself and the hearts of his chosen beyond the Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles, a prophecy that was spoken of by Isaiah. And we read that. I, I put that in the handout for you. Isaiah 9, verses 1 and 2. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, speaking of, of, of uh, Israel, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun, Zebulun and the land of Nephtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Now, I want to be very clear about something. Let's be very clear here. Only God can turn the light on where darkness once ruled. Listen to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 through 7. 
But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. <clears throat> Excuse me. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your ser servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. If the light of truth shines in this poor heart, it is because He, God, has chosen and made this sinful soul to be a vessel of His mercy. In Romans 9.15 we read, For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Page 2. And in Romans 16, he then says, So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Now I want to stop there again. We've, I've been... Uh, mentioning this a couple of times in the last few messages. We have to stand up, folks, to those who say God loves everybody. Right. And this scripture right here, that's what free willism is. Free willism is saying that my will, I have the will to accept or reject God's love. That's putting you above Lord. the power of God. And it's Time we stand up and speak out against that because that is an absolute false doctrine, an outright lie against God. And as one who is loved of God and knows that the love of God goes deeper than anything we can understand, it offends me. It offends me greatly for people to say that God loves everybody and is waiting for you to do something about it. His word says right here, so then it is not of him that willeth, it is not your free will, it is not your decision, nor of him that runneth. It's not the good works that you do, but God that showeth mercy. And every single one of God's people are taught this to their heart by God himself. And then in verse 21 through 26, we read these words of Romans chapter 9. Hath not the potter power over the clay? Is not God sovereign over all things to do what he wants? Of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath, to make his power known, endured? Endured, withheld, with much long suffering the vessels of wrath. He put up with them. He, put up, he puts up with the, the, the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. He's prepared his people from before the world was. He's loved us with an everlasting love. 
Folks, everything God has created is for His people. For Him to call His people out of the darkness they once walked in and shine the light of His Son in their lives, in their hearts. What a glorious God. What a wonderful God to love a people such as us. To make known the richest of His glory in vessels of mercy which He had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom He hath called, not of the Jews only, and boy, this is good news to me, <laughs> this is great news to me right here, but also of the Gentiles. As He saith, also in say, I will call them My people. <laughs> I will call them My people which were not My people. And her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall be, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Now, folks, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now listen to this. And of the joints. And morrow. Did you catch that? Our Lord's word is it defines us under right down to the soul, right down to the spirit, right down to the morrow and the joints of our bones. And to and is a discerner of the thoughts, not just the bones, not just the soul and spirit, but our very thoughts and the intentions of our heart. That's in Hebrews 4:12. It's God giving life where there was no life through the preaching of His Word. Life to a heart that was spiritually dead, dead in sin. This is what our text is saying. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. That great light has quickened His people. That means made alive. All come into this world born in that darkness, unregenerate, spiritually dead, we know Him not as He is, yet He has chosen to be merciful by revealing the truth to His people who could not, who would not, could not call upon Him. Oh, what amazing grace that would save a sinner such as I. When one has been brought to see the truth of what they are before a thrice holy God, how could they not bow in admiration for the one who loves them and gave himself the substitute for their sins. Matthew 4, verse 17, we read these words, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Page 3. But not all who have heard God's word have been given life to hear with ears of the heart. Some, to some the truth is hid, it said in, in, uh, the title of tonight's study is Hid to Them That Are Lost. Folks, the best way I know how to exemplify and magnify God's grace is to point out where we would be without Him. And that's exactly where we would be without God, without the mercy of the Lord, without the grace of the Lord. We would have these things hid to them that are lost. Not all, as the world would like you to believe, are loved of God. This must be pointed out as part 
to our understanding to the depth of His love for His people, for me, for you. God does not love everyone. He hates the wicked. And if I were not by His grace washed clean and made righteous in His blood, in the blood of His Son, He would hate me as well, for in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. Isn't that what we read over in Romans? Look here, Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. This is Paul expressing himself. Now remember, Paul, he knew all of the the customs. He knew all of the the regulations of, of, of the Jews. He was a Pharisee. He was right there at the top. He carried letters to persecute the church before God called him out of that darkness. He knew the Scriptures. He had been studying them all of his life. He was very familiar, yet here, listen to what he says about himself. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, writes Paul, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is... Now this is after the Lord. This is a, quite a while after the Lord had called him. This isn't just yesterday. This is talking. This is talking about quite quite a some time back that the Lord had called him out of the darkness. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, I mean, let me read that. Start again. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not. That I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. You know, I stop there for just a moment. I, want, I, I know I know as many on one hand who claim to be Christians that are just so righteous within themselves and what they are now compared to what they used to. God's people, we know better. We know that we, in this flesh we never get better. That was one of the things that just highlighted the, the preaching of God's Word from Gene Harmon when I first started coming to church, when the Lord first started bringing me to church, was I was sitting in the pews knowing that what he was preaching was absolutely correct. There's still nothing good in John Reed. To this day, 25 years later, there's still nothing good in the flesh that sits before you on this computer. There's still nothing good in me in the flesh. But, I have a Savior who's perfect in every way. I find then, Paul writes back in verse 21 again, then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Oh, how we wish and desire the law of God would be more filling in our hearts, in our bodies, in our flesh. Verse 23, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. 
O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he answers his own question, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. This truth of sin and the depth of it in us is hid to those that are lost. The world, natural man thinks and believes that they can change their spot. We can turn over a new leaf if we'll just try hard enough to do something to go to church on Sundays on a certain day or to get baptized or to walk the aisle. All we have to do is make a decision. Folks, as the Apostle Paul stated, even in our goodness, even in the good works that we may do, the people of God find evil in this flesh. Oh, wretched man that I am, said Paul, not that I was. Having this truth of salvation in His Son, the Lord Jesus, revealed unto us and hid from some, how can we not bow and give thanks and praises and glory to the One who has revealed His truths to us? Luke chapter 10, verses 21 through 22, we read this, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in Thy sight, all things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. In Matthew 16, we read verse 15 through 17, He saith unto him, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. He didn't learn this from flesh and blood. He learned this, hath, or it says, hath not revealed, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Only God can reveal who God is to the dead heart, to give heart life. This revelation is the light of the world. Eternal life. It springs up as a living water. The Apostle John records the Lord's word, words in John 7, verses 37 through 38. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Christ told the Samaritan woman at the well, He said, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked Him, and He would have given thee living water. Notice how He puts that. It's in the correct order. If thou wouldest known, if thou knewest the gift of God, that's the Lord Jesus, and who it is that saith to thee, who it was that was speaking to him, if she had known, all she had to do was ask, and he would have given it to her. She had to know before she could ask. Isn't that what we read about in uh, Romans 10? Let me just read that 
I know I, I should be able to quote that, but I'm getting so old I can't quote anything anymore properly without reading it. Just read it. How then shall, or for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed, in whom they have not known? And how shall they believe? How shall they know in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Back in our handout, page four, bottom paragraph, Christ told us, oh, no. It's always good. It always comes back to this. It always comes back to this. This is the message that saves grace. God's sovereign grace. No better way is grace shown unto the people of God than through this, the salvation through the death of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood that was shed on the cross for God's people. Page 5. If God in His works of grace has shined the light of His Son in your heart, there shall be rivers of living water flowing from within. A light is not put under a bed. It is displayed that some may see. I remember the first time I heard Gene give the explanation about going into a dark room, so dark you can't even see your hand in front of your face, and you, somebody turns on the light and hears all the furniture and everything. It's always been there. You just couldn't see it. I didn't understand that for probably the first two or three times he explained it. It didn't hit. It didn't hit my my heart what he was talking about. <laughs> and yeah, I love that though. And as the people of God go through this world, sojourning, traveling our way to our heavenly home, we pass through a world of death. Everything around us, all that we see, will eventually die. Amen. The grass withereth. And the flower fadeth away. So will all things around us. Yet death is but a shadow to the people of God. Our death has been dealt with. The death we deserve has been laid upon the spotless Lamb of God. For all for whom he, God has loved with an everlasting love died in his Son on that cruel cross just over 2,000 years ago. Our substitute... The only one who knew no sin was made sin, made to be our sin, and died our death. And that revelation is precious to a sinner. Listen to 1 Peter 1.18 through uh, 121. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, and I could, we, we could also uh, put in there... Uh, saved by corruptible things of flesh from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Folks, Christ was perfect in every way. He never sinned. He knew no sin. When he was tempted of the devil, he was tempted as you and I, yet without sin. He was, it was the precious blood of Christ as the Lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world 
but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God and in God alone. Like the inhabitant, like the inhabitants of Capernaum, like the Gentiles of Galilee long ago. You and I were in great darkness. We sat in darkness because we loved it. We did not seek the light, but upon us a great light has come. The light of Christ and the grace and the glory of God in Him has shined into our hearts, creating in us life and faith in Himself, in Christ. Listen to John 1.14. These are words that God's people are brought to believe. Believe with every ounce of our being. In the beginning was the Word. This is the Word of God. This book that God has inspired men to record the words, there are the words of Him. The Word of God. If I was to say in the book of Peter, this is God's Word saying, grace and peace be multiplied unto you, I'd be accurate in that. Even though Peter wrote it, it's the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. Christ is always... And, and we know the Word was, is Christ because the Word was made manifest in Christ. He was uh, made flesh. Christ has always been the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He just wasn't the God-man. He had not been born of a woman yet. But He's always been there since the beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. That's the light that is shined in the hearts of God's people. The Son of God. That's the light that is revealed into those who He has loved from before the beginning of the world. It's the light of His Son, the Lord Jesus, as the Son of the living God. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I know that I didn't understand who God was before He called me. I know it as clear as a bell now. I can see just as how dark my darkness was before God came and shined His light in my heart. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came from the, for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him... Now listen to this. We just saw how those who loved the darkness turned away from the light. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Did you notice it wasn't something they had done? Right. Who was it that did the work there? Once again, we see it's God's sovereign power that brings men to know who he is. He gave 
gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood. And here again, that free will. How can, how can they read this and not understand it? Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When the Gospel comes, light comes. Listen to Luke chapter 1, verses 77 and 79. To give knowledge of salvation unto His people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. In John 3.19, we read these words, and this is the commandment, or this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. When the gospel comes into the heart, in the grace and the power of God, the Holy Spirit, we are made new creatures in Christ. Listen to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was out without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now, I want to stop there for just a moment. A lot of the, the the a lot of folks are going through this world thinking that God created light. Did you read what we just read there? I want you to back up and take look one more. And God said, "Let there be light." He created everything else. We see there created the heavens and the earth, and without form, and it was void, and darkness upon the face. And the Lord said, "Let there be light." He didn't create it. Christ's light has always been there. And there was light. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, we read these words, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Page 7. Brother Don Fortner wrote this. He said, He came to, to Capernaum because Capernaum in Galilee was the place of Gentile nothings and Gentile nobodies. It was the place from which he would fetch trophies of his grace. And he, and he quotes from, or he refers to 1 Corinthians 1, 26-31, where we read, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So we see that the Lord has come to Capernaum, to, to the Gentiles were the Gentile nothings and the nobodies. He's fetched his trophies, his trophies of grace 
from, from the heathen. Don goes on to say there, Galilean speech was crude. Galilean people were poor, illiterate, and uncouth. Galileans were the roughnecks of the other side of the track. These are the people from whom our Lord would call out a people to serve Him. And we'll look at that next week as our Lord calls His disciples along the Sea of Galilee by whom He would build His church and His kingdom. The message our Lord preached was the same of what John the Baptist preached. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our Lord preached one message. He preached the necessity of repentance in hand with the necessity of trusting Him alone for acceptance with God. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards Christ, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's in Acts 20, 21. He preached that message constantly, as we can see in Luke 13, 1 through 5. There were present at that season some that told him, told Christ of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all ye shall all likewise perish. And then he adds another group of folks to that. He says, or, or those eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt that dwelt in, in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. Page eight. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And he also preached that message urgently. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No time to waste. It's here right now. The Lord of glory was a preacher. Let all who claim to be preachers follow his example and reiterate his message. J.C. Ryle wrote these words. He said, there is no office so honorable as that of a preacher. There is no work so important to the souls of men. It is an office which the Son of God was not ashamed to take up. It is an office to which He appointed His twelve apostles. It is an office to which Paul, in his old age, specially directs Timothy's attention to. He charges him with almost his last breathing words, preach the word, as it says in 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. It is the principal means which God has always been pleased to use for the conversion and the edification of souls. The brightest days of the church have been those when preaching has been honored, and the darkest days of the church have been those when it has been slight when it has been lightly esteemed. It is my prayer that the Lord will press on my heart to continue preaching his gospel with earnest care for the souls whom he has come to command his light to shine in. Amen.